Good morning. My name is Emily DeLue, and I serve as executive director here at New Community. And uh, it certainly is something to preach to a almost empty room. There is five of us, six of us total, but I am glad to have the opportunity to be able to speak God's word to us today. Our passage is from Luke 1, 26 to 38. Now this is a small portion of the scripture passage we've been reflecting on this whole Advent season. I'm grateful for how Pastor Michael has spent the past three weeks guiding us through this passage. Now, I don't know about you, but I have found it really rich to sit in the same passage week after week and explore what God is saying through this story and to allow the Spirit of God to bring, a, to bring light and a new and fresh word each week. So today, I'm focusing on the angel's interaction with Mary Specifically, looking at the last words recorded by the angel. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, I've actually heard this phrase quite a bit in my life. And often, um, in response to me lamenting situations that are complicated. And uh, maybe when I'm feeling disillusioned, waiting for God. And I've had people kind of glibly say to me, well, nothing's impossible with God. And um, that's nice. I mean, it's true, right? Uh, but I think there have been times, at least in my experience, where Christians have used that phrase to kind of dismiss the challenges we're facing. Or, to even worse maybe, offer platitudes just to kind of quiet our discontent. Just, just nothing's impossible with God, so get over it, right? And so honestly, I don't really respond very well to that sort of interaction. And so I kind of have glossed over this nothing is impossible with God phrase in recent years. But this year, all Advent long, it's really stuck out to me. Nothing is impossible with God. Maybe because this year in particular, there have been countless things that have felt impossible. I mean, looking at the complexities of this world around us, even the fact that we had to switch to online service today. Let's just look at COVID. It's surging again. We've still got folks talking about horse deworming medicine and how that might be a good idea. 800,000 people have died in just this country. My family has had tons of plans this week. We, most, everyone except for my four-year-old are vaccinated. We had our tests ready. And we've had to cancel a lot of our gatherings this week because of this surge. So much disappointment. It feels impossible that this pandemic might end. The idea that there's hope, that healing is possible, that justice will reign really feels kind of impossible. And then just... Personally, in my own life, there are parts of my story, areas of deep longing that just feel kind of impossible to heal. This year held so many dashed hopes. For me, for plenty of us. And those dashed hopes make me wonder, okay, God, how are you going to come through? Because I just don't see it. How is God's promises going to be true for me, for us. Does any of that resonate? What in your life feels impossible today? 
Well, I'd like you to hold on to that as we read this text and just explore a little bit about what God might have to say for us in this moment. Because God speaks to us through these ancient inspired words and I believe God has something for us to hear today. So let's read from Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Well, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will not, never end. Well, how will this be? Mary asked, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> so the angel comes to Mary out of the blue with a very significant, earth-shattering, mind-blowing pronouncement. Mary is going to give birth to the Messiah, the Savior of Israel. Now Mary, being a Jewish girl, grew up hearing prophecies of a Messiah who would descend from the line of David, whose kingdom would never end. The prophet Nathan originally spoke these words in, to David in 2 Samuel 7, which is what we call the Davidic covenant, where God promised that a Messiah would come from David's family and would reign on the throne forever. This is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant to the Davidic covenant. And this is a powerful statement the angel was making. So when the angel said these things to Mary, you can bet anything that Mary immediately recognized these words as pointing to the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant. Her parents and grandparents had found hope in God's promise to Israel through David <clears throat> while enduring centuries of occupation by Greek and Roman rule. Excuse me. <clears throat> her foremother, foremothers and forefathers had these words ringing in their ears as they were taken to exile these were the words of promise that had not yet come to fruition, but they were hanging on. So I imagine her ears and heart were burning when she heard that not only was she going to see the fulfillment of this promise, but that this long-awaited Messiah, the hope of her people, would come through her. God had chosen her. Now, I love how scripture records her response to this, this magnificent news. This is just earth shattering. And she essentially says, uh, how is this going to work? Because like logistically, this won't work. She has categories for how, you know, I mean, how babies need to happen and to be born. And uh, God's propo proposal doesn't really make sense, right? 
Now, actually, there's a trend in Scripture of people responding this way to angels. And I love this. I love how Scripture records human interactions with God. And it to me, because I can see myself in them. Because these aren't just perfect people who are like, okay, got it. They are really wrestling with what God is saying to them. So like Zechariah, just earlier in Luke 1, he's in the temple. An angel comes and tells him he's going to have a baby boy. And he's like, ah, but, but, but my wife is old. Did you know that? It's not going to work. Same story with Abraham and Sarah, centuries before, and a messenger tells Abraham that his wife is going to have a baby, and she is old, she is 90 years old, and Sarah outright laughs at how ludicrous it is that God is saying, this is going to be what happens. And yet, God did the impossible there. Mary had heard these stories of God breaking every category to to, to uh, fulfill God's promises. She knew the story of God closing the mouths of lions when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. She knew the story of the Israelites crossing the Red Sea on dry land. That was impossible. She knew the story of Naaman, the leper, being healed in the river and the people of uh, the Jewish people being uh, saved by Esther. She knew that God is a God who makes a way in the midst of impossible situations. But when these were words were spoken to her, she paused. How's this going to work? Well, we also know these stories, don't we? In fact, we know the end of Mary's story, that Jesus was born through her and conquered death and brought life and resurrection to the entire world. Jesus is the embodiment of the impossible happening. Jesus is truly the embodiment of the impossible happening. How can we ever doubt that God can do the impossible when Jesus came here as flesh? So you'd think that we would be able to walk into everything with confidence. But we don't, right? God, I know you can theoretically do the impossible, but in me? In this situation? We know that God says, I am the God of healing. But God, I don't know if you understand how deep these wounds are. God says, I'm a God of justice. God, this is really complex. I mean, there was like an insurrection on the Capitol just this year. How is there going to be healing in this country? I am the God who sees. But God, do you really see how patriarchy has silenced and harmed women in our churches? We know that God is the God who makes all things new, who brings wholeness who can redeem, save, and heal. And we might hear that, and it sounds nice and pretty, and we really wish it would be true. But it doesn't actually change how we live. Because it feels impossible. And ultimately, I think we're afraid to hope in the things we just, we just don't see. We just don't understand. So how does the angel respond to Mary's question? Well, Gabriel doesn't really clear things up for her about how it's going to work, right? He says, like, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Well, let me, like, for me, that's not a lot to go off of, honestly. Like, I'd prefer a few more details. You know, when is this overshadowing happening? What, what is an overshadowing? Um, all that stuff. But the angel doesn't offer that. 
The angel says, you'll be carrying the Son of God, but the specifics of how God is going to keep God's promise in this remain fuzzy. And in the same way, I think we hold some of that fuzziness, right? We know deep down that God will be faithful at some point, but we, it's fuzzy on how. Well, thankfully, God has a history of working and moving in ways that just really defy our expectations and categories. Even this particular pronouncement to Mary that the Son of God would take on flesh and enter into human history through the body of this young woman who really has no social status or power, like no one expected that, those details. But God has a way of keeping God's word in ways that we least expect it. Now, I don't think God does this just to mess with us, actually, or just to teach us a lesson. God's not trying to test us or make things difficult on us by confounding us. They think truly this is the nature of God. Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are bigger, more expansive, more glorious, more restorative, and more just than we could ever sense or imagine. If we view God and ourselves rightly, we've got to expect the unexpected. And for those of us who feel a lot of comfort in being able to understand what's coming next and make plans, That can be pretty frightening. But when we take a moment to rest in the mystery of God, rest in the mystery of God and God's ways, even when they don't make sense, when they're fuzzy and incomprehensible, when we suspend our cynicism and our need to figure it out, I think God does something inside us that cracks open our hearts to God. And invites us into a deeper faith. And invites us to surrender to God. This faith that I think God invites us into when we are willing to sit in mystery and not have to figure it all out. Is a faith like Hebrews 11 describes. Of being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Mary demonstrates this faith. And how she responds to the angel. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. What sticks out to me is her response indicates a posture of surrender. Not one of understanding. Like there's truly no way she understands what's about to happen. She has no clue what the next 34 years of her life are going to look like as the mother of Jesus. The heartache. The joy. And yet, she surrenders. The promise that nothing is impossible with God seems to anchor her in some way. Seems to be enough for her to loosen her grip and surrender to God. So how does she get to that place of surrender? How can we get to that place of surrender when we are just filled with not understanding what God is up to? I think this passage points to two Two ways that we can position ourselves to be ready to surrender to God, even 
in the midst of impossible situations, in the midst of confusion. First, I think we can find hope in the stories of God doing impossible things around us. So the the angel doesn't give Mary many specifics about how God is going to make the impossible possible in Mary's life. But he does point to Elizabeth and how God has done and fulfilled God's word in Elizabeth's life. And you know, I think that's what sealed it for Mary. I think she, she doesn't make sense what's coming ahead, but hey, do you see what God did for Elizabeth? If God can do that in her, maybe I can trust God to do the impossible in me and through me. Our scriptures point to story after story of God being faithful and never giving up on God's people. Maybe we need to just immerse ourselves in these stories so that we can remember how God has been faithful and, and trust that God will not, be, not give up on us. As Constance mentioned, next Sunday is Testimony Sunday. And while it's bound to look a little different this year because of virtual, we still want to do it because we need to hear the stories of people in our community and how God has been faithful so that we might, those who are of us who are weary and broken, will hear those words and be able to trust, take another step of trust that God might make those words true in our lives too. The, commun- the stories in our community of God's faithfulness can help anchor us and give us hope. Another way I think we can position ourselves to surrender and be ready to surrender is to embrace the goodness of mystery. I heard this phrase just the other day, good, the goodness of mystery. It really stuck out to me. The goodness of mystery. So last night when I was putting my kids to bed, as I mentioned earlier, we, you know, we had to cancel a lot of plans. And while we made the most of it yesterday, at the end of a long day, you know, my kids just started to lose it regarding feeling, just feeling so disappointed of the things that we've lost. And we were talking about COVID and just how sad it is with the pandemic. And I don't know whether my kids were trying to just you know, delay bedtime, or they decided, or they actually had these real questions, but either way, we started talking about heaven and when Jesus is going to come and set things right. My daughter said, you keep talking about Jesus coming to set things right, healing all the broken. When's that going to happen? How's that going to happen? It's going to happen when I'm alive. What's going on? And, um, you know, sometimes these conversations bring up in me some anxiety about all the things I don't understand. Oh, I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know. But maybe it's because I've been thinking about this sermon for the past couple, past week maybe. But God just helped me enter into a place of wonder. There was just a lot of mystery in our conversation, but it wasn't scary mystery. It was good mystery. Some of those mysteries was... You know, whether we're going to need to put on chapstick in heaven, because one of my kids doesn't like to put on chapstick for some reason. And, but also, you know, how can Jesus be here with us in Chicago, but also with people across the world? And a lot of the answers to, our, to, my, to the questions we were talking about was, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But here's what I do know. I do know that God can do the impossible. I, I know that even though we don't know how, life can come from death. 
We don't know how, but God can become a baby and human and change and transform this world. I don't know, but what I do know is that beauty can come from ashes. Kids, I don't know how, but all these sad things will one day become untrue. This is not the end of the story. And there is something sweet about resting in that mystery. There is something good. Even though we don't understand, nothing is impossible with God. Some translations put this verse in the future tense. For nothing will be impossible with God. For the word of God will never fail. And so while this is a word for Mary in that moment about, how, about the, you know, the promise of Jesus being through her, that was an in that prom- moment promise for her. But it's also a declaration of hope for us that the mysteries of God will ultimately lead to life, to abundant life. So when we surrender our need to control and understand and we look to the promise of God, that God will bring restoration and redemption, God's spirit gives us the courage to accept the mystery of what's seen and trust with expectation in what is unseen. That there's a bigger story going on. So, So not a lot of us get... Visits from angels telling us the impossible things that God's going to do in and through us. We don't all get to hear an audible word from God or have that one key moment that changes everything. But we do have story after story in scripture that shows us a good and loving God who does the impossible. We have the stories of our siblings in Christ who have seen God make a way when there is no way. We do have a God whose ways we may not understand, but we can trust as good and faithful and just. We do have a God who gave up everything to become flesh and be with us as we wrestle with this impossible world. We may not understand, but we do have a God who walked this road of surrender in front of us. Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was about to die, he said to God, to God the Father, I know everything is possible with you, but not my will, but your will be done. Jesus embodies the sort of faith and surrender that we are invited to in the midst of our hardest situations. And so sisters, brothers, siblings, what feels impossible to you today? What situation, hurt, need for reconciliation or longing are you holding? I think God's promise that nothing is or will be impossible with God is an invitation into deeper faith and surrender. There is goodness in this mystery. So as we enter into this new year, may we be able to say to God, may it be to me as you have said. For we serve a God for whom nothing is too hard, nothing is too complicated, and for whom nothing is impossible.
May we walk in courage with that truth today. Please pray with me.